beautiful people, welcome to our fifth episode of Afrolit. It's very lit today. We are now on episode five, and it's been like somewhat like two months. I feel like it has not been two months. Where are you going? It has no. literally been maybe four weeks. Going to four weeks since our last episode. Oh no, I mean since we began. Since you know? we began. Yeah, oh yeah. Months, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm also happy to announce that we've reached 1,000 plays. So thank wow. you. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Brand new. Always thank you all new. for listening. Thank you so much for, for listening. Liking the podcast, for giving us your feedback. We appreciate all of you. We do. We do. If you would like us to continue to flourish and thrive, please don't forget to follow and like, subscribe. And to subscribe. Get all of the notifications when we've dropped latest episode so you just have to stay in the loop yeah and also due to some people's feedbacks will be on itunes yes sooner than you can expect it please know that's where we're about to be so you can listen to us with so much ease and even though soundcloud app is kind of easy yeah we're just making it easier because not all of you have soundcloud you know but we appreciate you Today's episode is about <laughs> activism. <laughs> Very appropriate to the socio-political climate that you know? we are in. I know. It feels like the world is in shambles. Everyone is up in arms all over the globe. The world is shook. Yeah, we're all shook. We are all shook. You know, hair everywhere. <laughs> um, if you've just come out of a coma... This is probably not the best time. Yeah, you should go back in that go coma. Go <laughs> back in and we'll call you in four... We'll wake you up in four, four years. years' time. This is not the time, fam. Um, but yeah, this is where we're at, though. This is where we're at. But it's beautiful because we live in New York City, so I feel... Exactly. Kind of, like... I am shook, but not as shook as someone who probably lives in Idaho. Yeah. Who looks like me. So. True. Shout out to Idaho. And honestly, like, we've been black forever. forever. So we've been experiencing. Shookness. Yeah. Like, why are people, (laughs) white women, why are you only shook now? Like, why is your world so wrong? Because right everything around them is just falling apart. So this, they've never experienced this type of shookness. You know what? Before I even get into that, let's jump into our first, first question. question. We'll yes. waste no time with this one. Because this topic is one of astronomical proportions. So our first question, Equa. Yes, Bobo. Do tell. Mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself an activist and why? No. I would not consider myself an activist. Really? But I would like to say that I am an active citizen. So, because I am a citizen of this world, okay. of course, I do not want to see any atrocities happen to people. I don't want to see children starving. I don't mm-hmm. want to see families go without food for days or years. Mm-hmm. I would want people to live in their homeland and thrive just as everybody else, and be considered as everybody else. And so I feel like because I am a citizen of this world, it is my responsibility to mm-hmm. make my voice and use the privilege the privilege that I have in certain areas and right. spaces to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. 
So, but I think when you label yourself as an activist, to a certain extent, sometimes you do, not that it's, you do get marginalized in a way. I think I'm going to say it like that. Yeah, because you get sort of pigeonholed into being like, well, you know, you have to continue to fight and continue to like organize and like create all of these like safe spaces and it's like well am Mm. i making any dollar signs and i shouldn't make any dollar signs from being an activist i should just be an active citizen you know and i think when you label yourself as an activist people kind of expect you to just like you have to be running on some sort of fuel but no one is willing to give you that fuel when you're simply just an activist right so i don't think anyone in today's world can afford to be simply just an activist you know and it, it kind of this That's kind of became so clear to me when people were like yeah we're gonna be out here for the next four years protest and i'm like fam who's gonna buy all the groceries in your like refrigerator if you're out here every day <laughs> for the next four years or out here no? every saturday for the next four years like how will you be able to function as an active citizen yeah. Okay, well then, okay. So maybe before I even ask that question, yeah. a better question is what is activism? Ooh. Like let's or define what is an our activ- key ter- Okay. Yeah, let's define our key terms. Yeah. Can I define what an activist is for me? Yeah. I'm sure it's subjective. So yeah, right? But I will say for me an activist is a person who has decided that they're going to dedicate their entire life to being the voice for marginalized people. So mm, their entire life, entire life, yeah. I consider act, someone who says they are an activist as a really heavy word. Like yeah. when you decide, like I, I wouldn't, agree with you. I wouldn't necessarily like, like I kind of put them in terms of like the social realm or even like the, you know, in terms of like qualifications or even uh, names, mm-hmm. if you will, in terms of jobs. Like if you have a firefighter, if you have a doctor. Like, an activist is kind of on the same level as a psychiatrist or even someone who's a therapist because they really, yeah, at least to me, in terms of the weight of that career that's on you. Is it a career, though, or is it just a a part of your identity? I think people have turned it into a career. Yeah. And that's why I have kind of changed the way that I think about activism because in the beginning I used to actually label myself as an activist yeah because I would just assume that because I go to marches and because I'm against you know what other people think then I am an activist but so you went to the women's you were an active participant yes in the women's march yes indeed but you still don't consider yourself to be an activist no this is I'm perplexed I am an active citizen I am truly What's the an active citizen. Active citizen decides that I'm not, I know that being an activist, I'm not going to, it's not my career. Mm-hmm. It's not my life goal. Mm-hmm. It's not my life purpose, but mm-hmm. I do have a voice of privilege yeah. in comparison to other citizens in this world. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be active about it and I'm going to make sure that I can showcase how active my voice can be. So that for others who can't be as active or for others who, you know, don't even have the opportunity to make that sort of choice, I can therefore be that voice for them. 
Right. Whereas an activist is also part of like the organizing team. Like I think people who organize the marches, who really decide like, okay, we're going to meet in this space. The people who wake up at like 7 a.m. just to be out so that like the actual barricades are there. I think those are true activists. I think also people who work maybe sometimes, and I don't, like I kind of can see where this can steer off track, but even those who do essentially work in policy making, yeah. I think they can be an activist in a certain way because they can really like rile people up and organize rallies. I think mm-hmm. being an activist also requires some level of like organization skills. You have to be able to say like, okay, we're going to march on this day at this time. We're going to make sure that the city agrees. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that people are able, you know, like that enough people around the world know about it. We're going to make sure that we can accommodate all different types of people from any walk of life. You know, women who are older, people who are on wheelchairs, you know, the deaf, the blind, like all of those logistics. That is also the part, in part of being an activist. That's, okay, this is interesting. I, I would say I agree with you on quite a few fronts, but also disagree with you on quite a few fronts. Okay, so do you consider, so what is an activist to you? Yeah, so for me, I agree with you as far as the gravity of being an activist. Like this, to be an activist, there is weight to that term. Like it's not something I feel like we should throw around lightly. Yeah. However, I feel like my definition of activism might be a little bit more broad. So for me, activism is someone who does whatever they need to do to enact social change. So in whatever form that comes. And so in that way, if you had asked me this question like three years ago, do you think you're an activist? I would have probably said, no, absolutely not. I am not Martin Luther King. I'm not Maya Angelou. Like, you know, I'm not Nelson Mandela. How can I be an activist? Exactly. But... As of today, I would actually now consider myself an activist. Um, I'm not all up in these streets. <laughs> I'm definitely not the person like, orga- you know, like I'm not the person who is organizing protests and the person who is organizing marches and all of that. I'm not in the political realm. But because I feel like I use my platforms and I use my voices, where, my voice wherever I can to talk about and bring awareness to the things that I care about. I feel like I play a role. It's not, of course, there's like levels to this shit. Like, yeah, I'm I not Nelson Mandela, so I'm not going to get locked up. But also because I feel like we're all so different, I feel like everyone needs to play their, yeah. well, not needs to, but whoever is playing their role, in being an activist, in enacting social change, like, that still counts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I can... I can I can see where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. I want you... I want to know... So you had just said that you don't see... Well, you essentially see yourself as an activist, mm-hmm. but you don't... Do you think that you need to be one? No, I don't think anyone is obligated to be an activist because, yeah, so I feel like that, 
So I'll go back to I'm a black woman. Yes. So in being <laughs> one of the most to Afrolit. You know, welcome to Afrolit. If you didn't already know this about me, I am melanated and glowing and thriving. But I feel like being black, woman, queer, whatever, just by me existing and being authentically myself and existing out of the norms that are subscribed to me, that is a part of activism. Like me existing, thriving, being unapologetic about my identity, about how I express that identity and like how I construct it, etc., etc., is a form of activism because that is redefining the norms that are usually subscribed to like black femininity which are usually oppressive etc etc so in that way like i would consider myself an activist but also just me using my platforms to be like we don't all need to be white eurocentric skinny in order to be considered beautiful like you can literally be an african woman with your curves and still be valid and beautiful like Yes, that I would consider a form of activism. Yeah. Or even me just being like women of the world. Like you don't need to construct your whole identity yeah. for the male gaze. Whether that's me consistently like tweeting about it or whether that's how I construct my like outward facing persona yeah. or whether that's me rejecting social norms that I'm expected to subscribe to or whether that's me being unapologetically black and being myself, or whether that's me defining my own womanhood, mm -hmm. me defining my own beauty standards, like me defining my own blackness, whether that's aesthetic in the streets, on social media, in politics, in law. I feel like that those are all valid forms of activism. And You're, that's why I consider myself to be an activist. But I feel like just because you do, and this is where we disagree, Shawty. Because yeah. I me. don't think just because you do, like you dibble and dabble in acti doing things that are mm -hmm. in forms of activism, I don't necessarily think that makes you like a true activist at times. Like I think you yeah. can... Be an act. I think you truly are an active citizen. Like you're using your platform, you're using your voice, you're mm -hmm. using, but your whole entire life is not dedicated towards amplifying and being the voice of marginalized people. And but on do, top does of it that, need to be in order to be an activist, I think to a certain degree it does. Tell me why. I think because we need, like, yes, like you said, there are people like Martin Luther King, and I totally agree. There mm -hmm. are levels towards how you can participate mm -hmm. within activism. But I think if you aren't a part of that organizing team, and there's the, the sadness about being an activist is that sometimes your name doesn't even get recognized, even though you were a true activist. Like, you yeah. might have been marching right next to Martin Luther King. Yeah. But history will not mark you down as an activist. Mm -hmm. But you still, in your heart, you know you were an activist. And it's because of you dedicated your entire life yeah. And if you are still living, you still probably dedicate your entire life towards being the voice and being like the, the, I guess the outwardly, I think also aggressive, that aggression yeah. towards like mainstream media. And like you ampl amplify that, you amplify that mm -hmm. everywhere that you go. 
So you wake up in the morning and you, when you look at the news, when you look at issues that are coming up, you use every tool within capacity of you right. to be that voice. And I feel like if you're not doing that every single day, or at least the days that you can, then you're not an activist, per se. I think you can be an active citizen, mm -hmm. but I don't think that you are an activist. But, okay. So I feel like, to a large extent, a lot of people don't have time for that, you know? Yeah, like, we don't. Like, you could be so just impassioned with, like, effecting social change, but you're a lawyer, and I feel like you being a black male lawyer or a black female lawyer who is, like, part, part of a marginalized group and occupying, like, a space that you're not usually in, that's part of your activism. I feel like, yes, you're not on the streets protesting, but you are occupying spaces that aren't for you, but you're rejecting the norms of that, and you're still, like, using the spaces that you have to, you know, push our people forward. But that's still. But you know, I think that then it requires change. Of course, and they are being active citizens. But I don't think because they don't have that time. Yeah. I don't think they are lawyers. You know, like they they can still be lawyers. Like I don't think what I'm saying is just because mm -hmm. you aren't labeled as an activist doesn't mean that you don't have the. And I think for me, I think it's a need. I think that mm -hmm. we need everyone in this planet to be to a certain Indeed. degree in whichever they can mm -hmm. be active in expressing that was my next the problems that are happening for mar for marginalized groups outside of themselves or even themselves so does everyone who is marginalized and even who isn't marginalized need to be an activist to a certain degree yes really? because that's the only way that we can reach because i don't think in my head what i would want to believe i would want there to be a day where we have like we reach the goal you know mm -hmm. like all the papers are signed i don't know if this can exist but in my utopic world yeah racism is over you know we mm -hmm. don't like that's not the judgment of like who succeeds and who doesn't yeah who gets access to regular water and who doesn't right because of you know so in that space I would like there to be, and until we reach that space, the only way that we can actually recognize these problems and understand that we are all the same mm -hmm. is if everyone does their part. Everyone has to, at least to a certain degree, do their part. And by their part, I mean when they get on a platform, mm -hmm. they have to recognize all of the different factors that they play into. So for example, when you're receiving an Oscar, or if you're receiving, I don't know, the Best Woman Award. Yeah. Or if you're receiving a Grammy. Yeah. You know, you need to at least use your voice or make some sort of call or make some sort of stance to be active in your Do voice. Do you, though? Yes. Because, see, I feel like that goes against liberation. Like, if we really want to liberate ourselves then we need to give ourselves all the freedom and agency to be who we want to be. But we aren't you know? liberated, though. Yeah, but I'm saying in order to, like, really become truly liberated, like, say, black women. If all black women need to be like Oprah, then we aren't liberated. 
See, if we're all required to use our platform to speak about racism, then that's not liberation. But until until racism is over, then it will never be... You see what I mean? Like, it will never be solved if not everyone is doing their part. So, like, we'll never reach that part where racism is over because not everyone has decided that they're going to do their part. So some will be... Some will experience racism more, whereas others, because of the pinnacles that they've reached, will receive racism less, you know? But I also feel like if we really want to get rid of racism, I don't even know if this is ever going to be possible. That's the cynic in me speaking. But say, hypothetically, we have decided we want to completely get rid of racism then we need to allow for all people of all races to be able to express themselves and be themselves to whatever extent they want to be but if we're saying that if you are marginalized if you are part of a marginalized group then this is how you need to behave then that is an infringement on that person's liberty as like an individual which I feel like is just counterproductive I, to being liberated. I and understand where you're coming from, yeah. but like because in 1776, <laughs> when everybody, or at least when white people out here were thriving and discovering, even though they didn't even discover the first yeah. world, when they decided that they were the first people to discover all this world, yeah. the, discover the new land or whatever, because we were enslaved that whole period of time, up until right. maybe, I'll even include the civil rights era. So you're talking maybe late 1950s. Yeah. Because we are so set back, we yeah. do not have that space and time <laughs> to act as right. if we are liberated. Because the reality is, as black women, as marginalized groups, we aren't. As, I see as what fake, you're Yeah, and I feel like it's this like, fakeness that allows us to think that we're liberated or these levels of privileges that we do get depending on where we live or where Mm -hmm. we're born or what citizenship we have that we're able to experience some sort of privilege right and because of that little glimpse of privilege we're we're able to like kind of cast out and forget that because we aren't all liberated, yeah. we can still act in certain ways. When in fact, if we all decided... And what's beautiful is that black men are able to do this, but black women aren't. What? Yeah. because no, all, what do you mean? Because black women are yeah. able... Like, there's... You don't understand how many times... And I'm sorry, I, can, I feel like I'm dragging myself in this too. Yeah. But there are times where I feel like black women... We'll literally, like, we'll be up in a casting or we'll be up in a job interview. Mm -hmm. And if we're there, they're giving me the dirtiest look that I'm showing up at this place to, you know, because they feel like only one of us is about to get this opportunity. When, in fact, we should just know that if I get this opportunity, we're all winning. If we get this opportunity, we're both winning. Like, there's no losing in this game. I mean, yeah, I think that's just a woman's issue in general. Like, we're just taught to compete with each yeah, other. Yeah, and, like, uplift each other. exactly. And I think that because, and f- because we think that there, to a certain degree, we are liberated when we aren't. We have no. to all realize that we are all in this struggle. As marginalized people, we are all in, yeah. this, stru- in this struggle. Because what would, we, what would then happen is if we all peep from any race... Besides white people, if we all of us realized yeah. that we were all being, we weren't being liberated, 
that do you know how many millions of us could just uprise and make actual positive change right i see what you're saying but i don't think the issue is that we don't realize that we're liberated i think the issue part of the issue is that the reason we are not liberated as women is because of respectability politics so this idea that in order to be a respectable woman you have to be knees covered thighs not showing boobs covered up wearing respectable modest clothing which is a colonial construct of course and you have to speak a certain way which is also a colonial construct you have to carry yourself in a certain way which is another colonial construct so if we say that in order to be a respectable woman you need to be on the activism trail that is just as inhibiting as being like in order to be a respectable woman you need to act look and perform in this certain way because if not you are invalid you are not respectable you are a waste of oxygen on this planet <laughs> but it's like in reality if we realize that black china I'm not like black china for me personally is not aspirational like I don't aspire to yeah. be like her in any way but I also yeah, recognize that we need black china as well as Amanda Stamberg as well as Willow Smith as well as Beyoncé as well as Erica Badu in order to have this like diversified perspective of women like in order for people to be able to consume us yeah, and exactly. like all of our diversity we need to have black china and viola davis yeah and yanla and lupita being like we are all black women but we express that in all of our multitude of ways and if you cannot consume our womanhood and our blackness outside of this one construct that you've described for us then you can take several seats and we have no time for you like i feel like truly that is liberation like until we reach that point there will be no getting rid of sexism racism etc etc and that's why i feel like we shouldn't pressure anyone whether it's like amanda lupita oprah i don't think it's china, pressure Amanda. i think there is a level of like expectation there is a level of expectation like i can't i mean and even if that expectation is like i'm going to start a center to make sure that women like me can get the proper training yeah for like 75% free you know or they can have access to the type of resources that i had access to because i've now made my coin and i'm able to sponsor mm-hmm. those it's the same way that well to a certain extent and i'll use this example because she's able to someone like rihanna she's been so low like she's high key about certain things that she's act, like I guess uh, an active citizen. Yeah. About Rihanna's so for, a good example, yeah. So for example, she has now started a foundation. I don't know if it's a foundation or a scholarship. Yeah. But it's for women of Caribbean descent and she whoever wins is able to get an opportunity to go to college in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think that's brilliant because she knows that majority of her listeners yeah. are female right. and probably from Caribbean countries. So she knows that if she makes this an opportunity, then she's able to really bring shed light and like empower her communities. That's step 
Step two is also she's become, she's really, truly reinvented herself. I mean, from Island Girl who started out with Pondy Replay mm-hmm. to like Woo on Auntie, like that's a completely different person. Of course, she's gone through her own trials and tribulations. Yeah. But I think just the fact that she's able to reinvent herself and like completely redefine what like Rihanna is, what Remy right. stands for, all those good things can just show how diverse a black woman can be. Right. So with that example, and she, and not that she's actually always out here and like stepping up and standing out on what needs to be right, but she has made several trips to the White House to visit Obama. You know, she didn't, if she didn't want to be political, she didn't have to do that. She has made several trips in um, Barbados. She's met with Prince Harry and all of those good things. Mm -hmm. She's able, like, I think, what she does is a really great way of seeing how you can still be famous and party and turn up and we'll still accept you and you can be your wild child, have fun, do whatever you want. But when you're, when you know that something is wrong, you use your platform to speak out on it. That's where I disagree. Because I feel like people internalize issues in so many different ways. And like, as it is, if you are a black girl growing up on this earth, unfortunately, if that is your fate, you do not have the luxury of growing up as a white girl where you can just ignore so many aspects of womanhood because they don't oppress you. So like as a black girl, you already have you already feel like, oh my god, I have to fight off so many microaggressions in my everyday life. Of course. So you already have that part of your experience. But then it's double oppression to be like, uh oh, now I have to, like, fight this every day. Now I have to, like, go through this. It's just so... It's just the weight and the gravity of, or, of being a black woman is already enough for us to not now have to be, like... Uh, and now there's this expectation that, like, every day must be a struggle. Or, like, it's just a fight. Now there's this expectation of activism. Whereas white girls can just grow up and just, like, be children... And, you know, like, black girls are just not afforded that luxury as it is. I hear Which you. is why I say, fam, if instead of marching, if you just want to stay in and, like, eat your bottle of ice, your ice cream and listen to whatever music that you want to listen to, but if that's what it takes for you to, like, take care of yourselves during these, like, trying times of trial and tribulation, by all means, like, do not go out and march. Like, don't do it. Like, you don't have to. So then what would you suggest to that? Because my thing is, I feel like it gets down to now, okay, because then what happens when those rights of even being able to protest are taken away? And then slowly, you know what? Actually, let's, like, introduce the colored and white um, drinking water fountains. Yeah. Or, and you know, like, all of these, like, little changes start happening. Or let's just consider, like, all fake news that isn't prescribed already to what these new world leaders would like to be. So now we don't even have access to, like, the internet in the same way that we do. So, like, what happens when, like, all of these little struggles are, or all of these little things start getting taken away? Mm -hmm. And then you're, are you still going to be able to just chill and eat your ice cream? I always say self-care comes... Self-care comes first if your existence is already heavy enough 
for your everyday life, then by all means, like there are enough of us women or enough of us marginalized people that like I if don't think today be, I disagree. Yeah, because if today Donald Trump is elected as president, then there are enough of us to be like, okay, I have this platform on social media and I can use my voice on that because like whatever I'm an introvert, I have social anxiety or like whatever the case is, being outside is not for my mental health. But then there's also the people that are like, no, what makes me feel better is going out and marching. Then you should go out and march. But the people who just want to use their voice and their platforms in other ways should just do that. Or the people who are like, you know, no, I need to take care of myself because like this is weighing on me and I still have to exist in this body for the rest of my life. So like I need to take care of that. Because at the end of the day, if you haven't taken care of yourself, how are you going to take care of a whole marginalized demographic? That is 100% very true. And that's why I don't expect people who march every single day. Mm-hmm. I don't expect people to march every single day. And yeah. that's exactly what you're saying. I do, but that's the thing. I do expect you to use your voice in any shape or way you can. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that like if you decide today that okay yeah i'm not gonna go to any marches but at least i know that always on social media i can post black lives matter do i think that's enough no but if you think that that is what is enough for your capacity and you truly feel like you are making a difference and you are showcasing in a way then go ahead do that but to me i consider that just like as a lazy and almost a fake version of activism like you can't expect me to think that you are now truly using your entire being or not entire being but like your actual the capacity of the level that you can if you're literally on your computer taking screenshot of black lives matter poster that was randomly made by somebody else and then posting it and then I think this is why I can't engage in that dialogue of is there such a thing as fake activism versus real activism because I think human beings are so diverse and everyone's capacity is also so diverse because you have to factor in like socioeconomics and you also have to factor in geography of course and you have to factor in mental health so someone who for example has like crippling social anxiety If you literally lose your mind even at the thought of leaving your house and your capacity is literally just social media, that is your capacity and it's just as valid as Maya Angelou, Martin Luther King's capacity of being able to go out and like face the people. So like just taking into account like everyone's different nuances and personalities i think everyone's capacity is different yeah and so that's why i say like i don't really know if there i don't really think there is such a thing as fake activism versus real activism i just think (laughs) you are enacting social change in the way that you can that is activism but also if you do not feel like engaging in activism because it doesn't serve your mental health then that's fine too like do you fam and we can like the world will still go on of course the world will still go on but you just may be in prison now because (laughs) you've just decided that you're not going to engage i like for me i think fake activism stems from this idea where now people think that they can just like something on facebook and be call it a day like i don't think that that will ever be enough for marginalized people like i don't think likes on facebook 
actually make any i mean i don't really even think marching or even like protesting and doing all of that stuff is ever enough like i think that just shows the magnitude of how many people care about certain things and like we're willing to actually stop traffic and stop people from like functioning in the same way that they do and causing all of these like obstructions i think that is a great way of letting people know that people are angry and we have a problem yeah but you'll never be able to convince me <laughs> that if i like something on facebook and cause not that it. yeah i there's no way because like what does that then do like okay i now liked this on facebook mm-hmm. you know bobo has now stated that black women deserve to be free awesome i like that that's awesome like great and now i will just continue to be but do you home, see how, like, and... the collective consciousness of marginalized groups on social media has started so many conversations? Like, yes, one person liking or posting about Black Lives Matter may seem very minuscule, but two million people around the world saying Black Lives Matter makes a statement. Of course. And, like, raises awareness about the plight of black lives across the world. But are two million people ever out here when Sandra Blonde was, (laughs) like, literally disappeared? Like, yeah, we had conversations about it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there was a certain group of people. Like, I feel like then if we measure... Because then it becomes a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. And then now that gives other entities, such as Facebook Inc., to control what gets, like, more popularity versus what doesn't. Yeah. So if we rely on social media, that's literally taking our hard work, our things that we can do with, for ourselves, within ourselves, yeah. to be able to corporations, you know? And then saying, now using it for advertising points, like, oh my yeah. gosh, look, Essence, we have 2 million people liking Black Lives Matter. We think they're all black, you know? And they predominantly live in this area. You know, like I don't, I will never be able to think that social media is enough. So for me, I definitely would subscribe to people who are like, okay, like I know that I have to work every single day because mm-hmm. I have two to three kids, but I'm gonna make sure that my children are always able to go to a cultural center so they can at least listen to yeah. activists or they can at least listen to um, recordings of Martin Luther King or. Yeah. If I have the time, I will go out to a march and see what, or what petition can I sign? Mm -hmm. You know, because then, or you know what, I know that I work every day from nine to five, but on Thursdays, I pick up my son. So on the day that I'm going to pick him up, I'm going to try and call and leave a message for my senator. You know, like if you can strategize and see like what ways can you be an active citizen, and if it should. Surely just means like, all right, I'm going to try at least once a month to go or donate, like donate clothes, donate old things to my homeless shelter, things like that. Like, I think you have to actually like be active about it. I don't like, and I think that's where it comes, that's where the fake and real stems for me. I think it's about a passive activism Mm -hmm. versus an active activism. No, I definitely hear you because as an individual... I'm not down to just, like, like a post on Facebook every week. Yeah. And like, for me personally, that's not enough. But for someone who doesn't want to engage in, like, politics or activism, like, I have no judgment. Like, by all, whatever. It's chill. Be 
be black china if you want to be black china it's cool i mean but i think like what you're saying is like i think black china is activist in her way like she's an active citizen by subscribing to all of these different surgeries and like making herself into what she whatever she wants to create herself into mm-hmm. and i think what you're saying and i agree with you i think it's valid that we do yeah. need to have this diversity within black women because we aren't so limited in that right. way you know like we are very we are very diverse within our blackness so it's necessary but i do think that even for her and i guess this stems from my own individual thoughts I do think that by her just creating herself into whatever she wants yeah, isn't enough. Is. You know, oh, like really. I would, I would, and I think she's also done this because she's really good friends with Amber Rose and Amber Rose has that like slut walk. Yeah. So I think, I think that is also like, that is like a perfect example of someone who's truly, do I think that Amber Rose is an activist? Not entirely, but I do think that she's no, using even Amber Rose. She's using, feminist. she is using, I mean, you can be a feminist, but not be an activist. But she's in these streets, like she, yeah. I mean, she yeah. she marches, she does all of that. But I don't think she's dedicated her entire life. Like I think she's dedicated her entire life to just being the best, like Amber mm. Rose. You know, like I think she wants to make a platform for act- other activists. Because what's great about the Slut Walk is that it's not just her. She invites other artists, other people who kind of have the same vision as her who may be activists to come and speak on the issues and speak on or tell stories that have affected them personally and really like rally a group together so that's a perfect example of using your platform to like your whole capacity you know because she gets like a lot of people in like her hometown i think it's boston or whatever Mm -hmm. but with with Black China, just because she aligns herself with someone like Amber Rose, I don't think that then that makes it, like, I just don't think it makes it enough. I feel like it is a form, again, of, like, fake activism because it's just so passive, you know? Like, oh, wow. Anyone can do that. On that note, though, I had a conversation with a fellow African about... <laughs> not me, though. <laughs> not you, though. Africans and African Americans and just like living in this social political climate. True. And she was telling me that she just doesn't feel the need to fight for African American struggles or See? even like sympathize or empathize. I'm not I am not saying that all Africans share this view by all means. This is a disclaimer. We do not all feel this way. But as so because we're both Africans. Yes. And we both live in America and yes. have lived here for quite some time. Yes. Well you more than me. Do you feel like it's necessary for us to engage in their struggle and just to participate in African American social political discourse, conversation? Personally. Yeah. I definitely think so because Officer Brown does not know the difference between Speak on it. Baba Tunde, exactly. Uh, Wangechi and me. Yeah. Or you know anyone in that matter. Honestly, if but, a cop is pointing a gun at you and you're like, no, 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 
I'm more concord. Word. Like, he's they, not going to be like, like oh, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, I'm I just mean, he may have this. some leniency, but the only leniency will be like, oh, yeah, like, I don't have to kill you. I'll just ask if you have proper documentation. Are you legal in the United States of America? Like, that is probably the only thing that will come up in conversation fam, then from killing you. You're getting shot. So it, it might, it, like, in any sort of storyline, like, there's always that portion of like you aren't staying in the same place that you are like you are leaving either you are dying or you are going into a detention camp you know what i mean like there's choose your poison in a way right (laughs) so i think in that same way because it's a choose your poison situation we are more bodies when we are together yeah but in that same framework I can see how Okonkwo can have that complex mentality mm-hmm. because there are situations where I know because I'm African, I was able to like swing out of or like mm. feel, you know, like this point of like privilege and things like that. So I see it, you know, even when you address with like when you're talking with white people, like you notice like, oh my gosh, like where are you from? Oh, yeah. That's so cool. there's that like exceptionalism yeah there is you know 100 and i even know like within and that has created tension within the african-american community and africans i remember while long time ago when or actually not even a long time ago but when i was a kid yeah when i used to get made fun of for being african you know like public school system like yeah so i remember when it was not cool to be African. So I can see how that could really affect other people, especially other Africans, into being like, well, you know, like, we have our own battles that we're fighting. Immigration, you know, social change, social responsibilities, even within our own home, you know? So, like, before I can get my mom to not just think that me becoming a lawyer is, like, the only thing that I can do... I can fight to actually convince her and make her see that me being a content creator or me being just active on social media can pay my bills and I don't have to be a lawyer. I think if you're fighting that battle, you don't necessarily have to, or you can see why it's not necessarily essential for you to be out in these streets for African Americans. Yeah. Do I subscribe to that? Hell no. But... I can see where their point of view is coming from. I find it problematic, though. I do see what you mean. Yeah, you know? Yeah, like, I can see why an African would come here and be like, no, these are not my problems. Right? No, these are not my struggles. Goodbye. But I also feel like, yes, blackness is not a monolith, but still, blackness transcends geography. So whether you're black in South Africa, whether you're black in Paris, or you're black in New York, fam, you're black. Like, white people will see you and see black skin. They will not see, oh no, but she's South African. She's not African American. In certain spaces, Until they will Until you go. open your mouth. Yeah. At which point, yes, there might be like different levels of exceptionalism. But at the same time... At the end of it, like, we are all so interconnected. And at the end of the day, we are all fighting such a similar struggle that it's really the same struggle of, like, as black people, as women, as whatever marginalized group, 
we just need to liberate ourselves. Like, I just think it's counterproductive to be like, no, 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 my South African black struggle is way too different from your African-American New York black woman struggle. So I'm going to sit here and you can sit there and we both stay in our individual lane. Like, I just think that's like, what has that done? Who has that helped, fam? Nobody. It's actually, this is where white women and white men are just eating their popcorn in this theater because... When we fight amongst ourselves, they continue to win in these streets. Yeah. They continue. So, of course, I definitely don't see how it's... Like, it doesn't help us in any realm at all to continue to fight. But I do think that there are a lot of... Especially, like, the older generations. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I can see how they sort of kind of view themselves differently. Or, like, you know, just because they see, like through social interactions or even yeah. just like how they carry themselves and things like of that nature. Yeah. You know? No, and don't how- get me wrong. Like when you are African and get to the US, you are knocked down to the floor by culture shock. Like I dead ass <laughs> thought Africans and African Americans, like we're just one big family. Nah. No, no, no. Nah, fam. We might as well be from two different galaxies. But at nah. the end of the day, we're still one people like you just were stolen and were put on a boat exactly but i was colonized like at the end of the day they hated us enslaved us and exactly (laughs) it's just they took some of us yeah they kept some of us so they can live and thrive so like can we can we hold hands and unite fam like i do that i would want us to but i and i still feel like there's now what's become tricky is now to become a level of exoticism on like both Mm. ends because now like white people exoticize african women but then to a certain extent now african african american people also exoticize and like romanticize africa you know and because of that romanticism hotep (laughs) because of that same romanticism Mm. Y'all are not listening to the problems that right. we have because there are because it's interesting though because I feel like a lot more Africans have actually bonded with like Mexican people or like Latin American people L- literally because me. we understand the same struggle like you know literally. coming into a different place experiencing culture shock yeah not having your entire family with you. Not being able to get visas, speak on it. not being able to afford to become American, but still somehow finding ways to get jobs, yeah. working under the table, all of those good or scary sort of notions always and always can correlate between the Latin American community and the African community, you know, no, rather that. than the African American community, Yeah, you know, and it's it's annoying at times because I want to be able to understand and like work together with African-Americans, but it's like frustrating at how even till today, the romanticism still happens. And what's so crazy is that y'all like, (laughs) y'all will be in a space. Anyway, y'all could drag me on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> Y'all will be in a space. Her Twitter about, is Equa PM. Feel free to drag. Continue, Equa. Y'all will be in a space 
talking about, oh, yeah, you know, like, I love Africa. Like, I've been, like, this, this, this country. But, oh, yeah, when I went to Senegal, it was crazy, man. Like, they were pushing my bus. It was so wild. Like, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I really liked it. Yeah, no. I don't know. But maybe I have to go back to, like, It goes it back out. to, like. But, like, making such, like, crude comments of, like, what you expected yeah. Africa to be mm-hmm. versus the reality of it and just, like, accepting it. Yeah. No, it goes back to the idea of loving the idea of black women, but not the black experience. Like, people really love the idea of, wow, an African woman. Ooh, you are a queen. Yes, my Nubian queen. (laughs) But do they really fully accept the African experience? Do they really fully accept African culture? How many times do I go out? And here, ooh, you're South African? Mm, my Nubian creed. No, sorry, we don't have Nubians down there. We didn't, we didn't do that. Uh, oh, no, 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 sorry. Egyptians and South Africa, we're actually quite different. different. Um, yes, yes, we are. Like, there's this idea, there's this, like, exoticism associated with being an African woman like oh she's a queen she's exotic she's this and this and that she's gonna hold me down but when it's time for you to eat a goat are you down like are you are you are you down like are you gonna pay dowry are are you you down to be in the village fam Okay, like that's the not that that's the only experience. Okay, no, but like we'll be in the capital and we'll be chilling. But I still have relatives. Yeah, in the village there. You know what I mean? And not that they live in huts; they actually live in houses. Yeah, you hot ep men. But even within their houses, would you be down to go pump water? Exactly. Yeah. Would you be down to go and make sure and not use all of that water so that you can shower? You know, know that we still have things to cook and water to boil and like set up Speak the jiko so that water can be boiled and eat ugali and yama and like, all of those good things. You know what I mean? So like I just think that to a certain extent that because of the romanticism of Africa and yeah, then it when creates you, a divide. Yeah, it creates a divide. And because of that divide, because African Americans are kind of so confused and conflicted as to how one Nigerian man comes is so well-educated, trying to really just is out in these streets just to better himself, you know, financing his entire way. Like, you don't... It's so crazy to me how, till today, there will be conversations of African-Americans who are like, yo, like, you know, like, I, I, like I, I love going to college and all that good stuff, but I just don't understand how there's so many Nigerians <laughs> who are able to go to school and whatnot. It's because they have people at home who have slaved away to make sure that their Fam. one son can come to school, and he does not have the time to get low grades because there's oh, no, no such thing as there's a no loan time. in our <laughs> yeah. vicinity. Like... Please understand that any African that you meet in academia is most likely paying the full... A full tuition, full, And I mean full, like... To full, the last drop. Like full, full, full. To the, the point that set. they make even sure that you can afford to pay the full tuition for the four years by making sure that your bank statements line up. Oh, so yeah. So please understand when these Africans have gotten into school, it's not like they've just gotten into school. It's they had to make sure that their bank has aligned with them so that they can continue to even go to school. No, the and strides then, you've made. when they even get into your school, 
they have to make sure that the U.S. Embassy will allow them to even get on that plane to go to the school. <laughs> so they've gone through two interviews, and now y'all are stressed because Baba Tunde doesn't want to talk to y'all or doesn't want to come to the, the interviews or meetings for, like, African-American people. or like, Yeah, we're trying know, to not get deported, fam. You know, it's so a full-time job. understand that they're... It's not that they... And some of them may not be here for the struggle, but it's just they honestly do not have the time yeah. to, or at least back then, didn't have the time to be here for the struggle. No, honestly. You know? So just I, remember that when you're calling us newbie and queens right. and not understanding why we don't subscribe <sighs> to your hotep, Egyptian philosophy, religious, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever this <sighs> idea, when you invite us to Kwanzaa and we side you, just understand. Kwanzaa. This is where we're coming from. We love you, though. We but just still understand. love you. We still love you. I, as an individual, always know that African-American people will probably be the first group of Americans to really subscribe to understanding what it truly means to be African. But it's like, y'all just need to get with that program now. It is 2017. Yeah. Don't romanticize Africa. We're cool. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. And we will fight for your struggles to a certain degree. After we get our degree. Just like yeah. this. After, after I've ensured that Trump I can... is not deporting me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's all that matters, you know? But speaking of African and the African-American divide, which I feel like our generation will close up, so chill. Yeah. You know? And good. it's already kind of closed in a way. Yeah, to you a know, certain extent. To a certain It's just, yeah. But do you feel like activism because the way it's portrayed in the media whether it's feminism or whether it's black activism or whether it is about really anything even if it's like veganism if it's environmental there's always a racial component undertone to it do you feel like that is just the media that makes it seem that way or do you feel like every single social Socio-political issue is racial. I think every socio-political issue really? is racial. Speak 100%. on this. 100%. Because if you've noticed, the browner you are, the less you're probably going to get. You know? Like, mm. even think about in this country, areas like Flint. I think it's only recently that they just maybe got clean water. Like, like now. Today. Whereas Dead. the military will still have trillions of dollars that... They are just using to make more drones and make more military equipment and things of that nature. When and Flint was a predominantly African American community mm-hmm. with, I think, a very very small community of white people living in that area. And so, even when the governor goes there and is like, "We're gonna give you guys clean water soon." He looks around and is like, well, in his head, he's probably like, well, like soon can be like six months from now because yeah. like, y'all will be okay. You know, and even if Dead. you're not okay, it's not really like my kids yeah. that are affected by it. No, I ask this also because when we're talking about the march on Washington, which yeah. was literally like five minutes ago. I know. There was a lot of people, not just black people, like also Latinas, yeah. et cetera 
who were talking about the levels of white feminism that literally just ruined the march itself. Wow, yeah. And and then there were also the people who were like, oh, we need to unite as people of all colors and stop oh. this whole white feminism, feminism thing. And yes, I do agree that white feminism does undermine feminism because if your activism isn't intersectional, yeah. please take a seat. Yeah, I'm not interested. Um, please leave the building. But at the same time, it's funny to think that something that's about women's liberations and women's march, but also to a certain extent, a rejection of Trump has become so racial and has become, especially in the media like this or social media, this white feminism versus intersectional feminism or like black Black. feminism. Yeah. No, I think it's intersectional. I think what you're, at least with what you're questioning, whether it's racial or not, I just, it's just something that is noticeable yeah you notice that when it if trump were to outrightly say i don't care for black women i want to take abortion rights away for black women Mm -hmm. i don't think there would be as many people protesting as if because he has said you know i want to get rid of anti-abortion in its entirety you know i think because it's now affected Becky. It's now become a problem. Really? For so you her. don't think if <laughs> dead, if Trump becoming president did not affect white women, do you think they would be at this march? I really, I think a certain like percentage, yeah, would be. But if a majority could ensure that they would still be all right and would just continue to thrive. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't care as much. I mean, what's what's great about it, though, or what's interesting about it, though, is yeah. just as much as white pe- white women wouldn't care, black men have been nowhere <laughs> to show face or even show, you know. And, you know, when I say this, I say straight black men. Yeah. Like, I'm coming let's, for you straight let's specific, black men. Cis, straight, white, right. black, black men. men. Yeah. Like, y'all were probably... Okay, yeah, let's be controversial. Yeah. I mean, Where and this ties into race, straight? though, because yeah. I think that when it's an issue that is, like, when it transcends race, then everybody is out. Wait, when and does it ever transcend race? I mean, not that it, not that it ever does, yeah. but I think because in some privileged women's mm-hmm. heads, they just think that because he's outrightly said that, oh yeah, he's shutting down the wall. Yeah, he's grabbing you know, pussies. He's grabbing, like he's not grabbing like white women. Oh No, he's grabbing white women pussies. So it's like yeah. a problem. But if he's like, yo, like I would want to rape Oprah... Would people be out in these streets? in these streets? No, it's true, and I found a you lot know? of conversation about this on social media, especially like where were the straight cis black men at the women's march? Like, oh, wait, where where were they? <laughs> Are we playing Where's Waldo? <laughs> like, truly, because I understand on an individual level, which goes back to like. I don't think every single human being must be an activist. So I can understand on an individual level, like one individual not feeling like they want to go to protest or they want to go march for whatever reason. But when a whole demographic is absent for protest in New York, in LA, in Cape Town, in London, in London 
then it says something about that demographic. So my question is, black men, when Black Lives Matter protests are in the streets mm. because you've Here been shot go. by the cops, black women are at the forefront, as we do, you know? We're always just, we're always we don't at mind. the forefront. You know, we don't mind. We love and accept all of you. Uh, but it's, I just find it amusing that suddenly there goes. Like, now you're Casper, or am I Stevie Wonder? I just don't see you. I mean, what was great is that I was shown by a friend about a comment, mm-hmm. or not a comment, but a, a Facebook status post that was made about this march and how he's not going because yeah. if majority of this of these women had shown up and vote for Hillary, we wouldn't have had this situation. But the problem with that is that I do think that these issues transcend Trump. Like, I think Trump was just the spark of it, and so that's why it baffles me that even then, because they think it's tied into politics and because they think it's tied into Trump winning. And I do think that it also stems from this idea that because they are man and they have to defend their masculinity in some way, which I'll never understand mm-hmm. how this plays into it, but I feel like they think that marching or protesting isn't, like, the masculine But it is when Trayvon Martin gets shot. Right? So, I don't know. I, and I agree. I don't think Trump is the reason that we need to march. I think Trump is a symptom. Exactly of the larger issue at hand exactly which is the lack of liberation the lack of humanity the lack of consciousness yeah. in, on the planet exactly but at the same time exactly i i don't think feminism feminist issues are women's problems i of think course. they are everyone's that's not problems. even what feminism means yeah Feminism is not for women to thrive. Feminism is for women to be on a par with everyone. Exactly. And not just white women. Like, women who are queer, black, Latina, Asian, like, trans. All women to be on a par with everyone. So, even the argument of, oh, well, I'm a guy, so this doesn't affect me. Like, yes, it affects you because you live in a world with women. And you were born. And you were born from a woman. Like, us women literally birth humanity. Like, we are... It's just baffling that, like... I don't know. Like, I think also, you know, what devil's advocate... Okay. You could say that, oh, you know, they just weren't getting, like, the televised, you know, portion of it. But it's just interesting because even when I was marching and when other friends were marching, and even when I ask black men... Mm. You know, like, if they were there, they immediately kind of get defensive about it. Yeah? Yeah. And it's just really baffling to me as to why... Like, I really... And ask, you know, email us about it. Email why you didn't come. Because I actually would genuinely want to know. Mm -hmm. Join the conversation. If you need to drag us, by all means, Always drag drag us. us. I I love a good drag. Yeah. Love having some good tea. But black men, if you straight cis black men, if you would like to explain your absence at the Women's March, 
or I mean, they. I don't much. believe that they were all absent. I just yeah. do know that there was a majority that wasn't like they were the majority that was missing. Yeah, I mean, also like the same can say for like neo Nazis were missing too. You know, <laughs> like and what's funny was and I was talking about this with another person was that there were like there weren't any opposition marches. You know, mm. like this issue transcends so much that like what opposition could you even have yeah. for like the women's march? You know, where yeah, you like, can't where the be pro- like, no, it's you, just black women being exactly because there were white we're, women there, exactly. there were Latina women there, you there know, were Asian people. Yeah, so like, it was like a whereas like you know when it comes to like abortion or like specific mm-hmm. entities, like there'll be like a pro-choice or pro-life opposition group kind of rallying on this side. Yeah. You know, but there weren't any other opposition. So it really baffles me as to how like even though I only saw like few how few there were who were even speaking on it. Yeah. Like the straight men. But again, we'll see. We have a long time. 4 years. We like, do. We'll if we make what... it, if if world war um, three does not ensue. Someone was telling me that they already think we're in war. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because like that. you know, just because they don't, just because it's not happening in the United States yeah. or like on Belgium land, you know. Oh no, the world is definitely in shambles. But like, if you look at Syria, if you look at Iraq, if you look at Af- Afghanistan, yeah, like the, there are areas that are completely gone. But my one argument for the world is in already in war, I will say, and this like this now just bleeds into our segment of do you have any tips for how to thrive and prosper under these trying times? Um, I feel like it feels like the end of the world, but what I've noticed, just like historically speaking, is that progress happens in cycles. And so, like, this, yeah, they are crests and they are troughs. And so, in the cycle of progress, it's not going to be linear. And we're just at what feels like the end of the world. But really, it's just the downfall before we reach the the next level. Yeah, the rebirth, the renewal, the next level of where it's at. So yeah, I honestly, like, for anyone who's lost hope, like, just remember that the way progress happens in this dimension, it's not going to be, like, strength to strength to strength to strength. Like, Obama was a representation of, like, one step of progress. Trump is not a representation of everything going to shit. Trump is just a representation of how far we've come and the backlash for that mm-hmm. so that doesn't mean that now we're, we're so far behind what that means is that we've actually come so much further than we even anticipated mm. that this can only be the reaction to that because we can't go forward mm-hmm. without that like friction like mm-hmm. friction it's just physics and i think what's great though is that you can now and Tying in everything that we've discussed, you know, we're African, and I think even speaking to South Africa, like, seeing how long and hard someone, even like Nelson Mandela, had to be jailed so that they can now be free, you know? So I think with all progress, as you said, there will be times where it seems like it's really never going to end. 
but I think everything has an expiration date. And I think oh, yeah. what's great is that now we recognize, you know, like now at least you know who is for you and who is against you. Yeah. You know, isn't it beautiful to really see who your enemies are? Really see who is here for you. And I think what's beautiful, especially once I went to the march, is mm. I noticed there are so many p- more people who yeah. are for us than than it actually feels mm. at times. Especially because the media will tell you, no, this is the end. Yeah, like the media wants us to all think that we're dying. Yeah. But in reality, yeah, no. we are actually, not that we may be thriving throughout it all, but there's a lot of more people who are actually here for you and here yeah. and want you to thrive than you may believe. Honestly. At so, times. so just continue. Continue. Maybe don't continue as before because <laughs> I'll, I'll watch to see Low. what fake act- activism people are engaging in. No, Low. I'm <laughs> but continue. Continue, whether it means you make a song. I feel like great art is going to come out in this 2017. Yeah, I agree. In the next four years, like, people are going to make masterpieces. And art is always the most therapeutic and powerful form of activism. So, artists, this is your time, guys. This is our time. This is our time. Creatives, anyone who wants to really be out in these streets, make your way, make your claim, do it, get it. And once you continue to thrive, then you'll just align with others who are thriving. And now it'll just be a momentum of snowballed beauty. Yeah. So send us all of the ways that you are coping with wherever you are in the world and whatever it is that you're going through, sociopolitically or just like emotionally. Tell us, how are you taking care of yourself? I know. know. Like, let's converse. We're always on Twitter, hashtag Afrolit. Exactly. And we will close with a Paolo Coelho quote, that the universe is always conspiring in your favor. I love that. The Alchemist. Yes. Shout out to one of my favorite books. So even when you feel like you are in the abhorred depth of sorrow and hopelessness, It's just the universe conspiring in your favor, but Mm -hmm. you won't know until you're looking in retrospect. Should we give them a goal? Should we give ourselves some goals to follow up on or to continue on? Yeah, what are your goals, Equa? My goal, honestly, is to figure out if I, like, shed too much hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm screaming. Like, I I don't know if you've ever... Please hit me up if this ever happens to you. But sometimes when I'm in the shower and I'm, like, watching my hair, like, not that huge chunks will come out, but, like, whenever I'm, like, detangling it, sometimes a lot of hair comes out. And I'm not sure if that's, like, healthy or not. Well, have you detangled in a while? No, I haven't. I don't really detangle. Yeah, if you do it, like... Every not day. too often. Yeah, if you were to detangle every day, then you wouldn't get any shedding, like barely. Oh. But if you like wait a while. But how long is a while? Like, do I have to I mean, do it, it also every just day? Varies because also, if your hair is growing really quickly, then like no, shedding. I don't know. There's so many factors. Right. Like, and I've been watching these YouTube videos about it. But yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's another goal. Um. This is another goal for me in this time. I guess, as I said, for my New Year's resolution, just mm-hmm. continuing to find my purpose. So we're getting into the season of New York Fashion Week. Ooh, yes so we are. So we shall report and see 
if I ever want to go back into fashion. No, I'm kidding. Love. But just <laughs> continuing with what my goals were for 2017. Yeah. But this hair, th- I will follow up on this hair thing. I think yeah, that's the Yeah, you'll let us right know now. next week. I will. Um, how the what about you, going? Bobo? What are my most recent goals? Um, outside of like my goal of detachment, which is like my overall overarching goal, um, which is going quite well, by the way. That's good. Yeah. My goal is, I think, to stress. I'm the most anxious person Stop. on this planet. So I'm just going to try and like be less stressed out about everything and just like know that the universe is conspiring in my favor yes. anyway so like why am i even pressed fam nah you should never be pressed yeah never pressed never pressed um but also tell us what you're doing for valentine's day which is coming up Woo-hoo! soon we're calling it galentine's day yeah just in the spirit of women exactly driving so if you have if you are having a galentine's day let us know give us some tips we plan on seeing a movie yeah all of our gals so yeah it will be lit it will be lit thank you for listening as always we appreciate you all continue to flourish and thrive bye it's afro